I'm Charlie Taylor. I'm Ben Carter. I run Hip Hop by the Numbers on Twitter. I use hip hop statistics to highlight the bigger picture. And I am director of the Fifth Element. I highlight Fifth Element Hip Hop, which is knowledge. Bonus points on the beat. This shit poster slap. We going ultra black. What's your favourite lyric off that song? <laughs> <laughs> the Car 85 one, you know, when he's talking about... Ah, uh, you... <laughs> mug. <laughs> mug. I don't want this This dude I don't is going like, do the Doja Cat one, do the Doja Cat one. I'm like, you can do it. Go for it, mate. It's like, it's like, nah, nah, Nas already did it. Fucking U-turn. Hey, how could like I do it? Tory government. How could I do it better than Nas? I can't do it better than Nas. I'm not even going to attempt. Nas you is... U-turned harder than the Tory government, my guy. <laughs> I turned British hard politics left. joke. <laughs> turned hard left. Yeah, I thought <laughs> our listeners are going to get that one. They're going to understand that one. Yeah, They're British, probably going to think we're talking... They're going to think we're talking about Tory lanes, bro. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. It still oh, works. Silly. still kind of works. God damn. <laughs> oh, I mean, yeah, I, I guess it, it depends how he responds to the mega stuff, which he still hasn't, by the way. Well, Sorry, where you at? He's gonna have to respond to his speak solicitor up, speak while up, he's in fucking jail, bro. Speak up, can't 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 mate. Can't mm. Wait, where you at? You're, you're being eerily silent all of a sudden, mm. but it's all good. We 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 keep it moving. Hi, Ben. How's your week, Ben? And what have you been to do this week? What a week I have had. What a week I have had. So I, uh, you know, I take medication for my uh, mental health. And turns out one yep. of those medications was slowly killing me. Uh, I have like really low white blood cell count now. Um, and so it means that if I get a cold, I could get pneumonia. I'm fucking 31, bro. I'm 31. Really? I'm sitting at home. My sister came over yesterday for Father's Day. And I'm sitting outside in a mask. And she's like, why are you wearing a mask? I'm like, Rebecca, you, you work with children. Like you get a cold and I die. Like, you know, this is just wild. So... I had to come off the medication too, and uh, I tell you what, man, like that Eminem lyric about he's withdrawing from crack so bad that his blood itches, yeah, my blood is itching. It, it's so weird, like every part of my body that touches something itches. So like if I touch my eye, it will itch for the next 10 minutes, or if I'm like standing, my, the bottom of my feet will itch. It's just a wild. Sheesh. It's it's an interesting it's an interesting situation to be in. You've got to laugh about it. It is kind of funny, but at the same time, it's really fucking annoying to be awake at like two a.m. watching Top Boy, and you're like, I'm never gonna get back to sleep. Like you don't wake up and watch Top Boy thinking, Oh yeah, this will put me back to sleep. <laughs> like you know, you know, you're not going back to sleep after that. Like Duchesne's just going around killing everyone in London. You're like, Yeah, I'm, I'm not getting back to sleep after this one, man. <laughs> So yeah, that's what I've been up to. Yeah. Uh, I did get to listen to a couple of albums. Tricky, Tricky dropped an album that I did not. It was not on my radar at all. And then I'm like, I don't know how I found it. I don't even remember how I found it. Honestly, it wasn't on my release radar. No one was talking about it. it wasn't on the Genius calendar. But it's pretty good, man. Like I don't know why uh, Marta Zlikowska is not equally billing on this. Like she's on every single song. And, uh, you know, it's just weird beats with weird BPMs and odd pockets and it bends around corners and and Marta kind of mournfully croons in between these menacing spans from Tricky. 
And he sounds like a villain in a musical when he comes on. Like, I just, I love Tricky. I don't know why I just have this, like, obsession with his voice. And uh, he, he has no, he doesn't care about convention at any point. And uh, I love that. Uh, I gave that 7.5 out of 10. It was a pretty slow week this week, to be honest. I thought Lil Dirk was going to drop, but he only dropped a freaking single, man. So then we get to the album, Detroit 2 by Big Sean. I gave that 7 out of 10. Um, Big Sean, Charlie's, Charlie's going to hit us with some knowledge in a second. I don't know where I'm going to go with this, but like, I think that Big Sean exists in like a really weird space in hip hop because he's insanely successful commercially. He has around 60 million certifications. Theoretically, he should be part of the big three. It should be the big four. Kendrick, Cole, Drake, Sean. But he never made it there because his quality is not anywhere near Kendrick and Cole. I think we can all agree on that. And his commercial success is nowhere near Drake. So he's kind of like the, he's the fourth member. He's at the window looking in at the, you know, at the, at the mansion. And I've mm. always been a big Sean observer rather than being actively invested in his career. Like I'll kind of duck in and out of his music and grab the tracks I like. Um, I can't stand his dad joke punchlines. And the problem is he sprinkles them liberally into his whole career. And it's just made, it makes his confidence hard to stomach. Like he's bragging about his rapping ability. I'm like, yeah, but you also said like, do like the solar system and plan it out. I mean, I, I don't know what, like it doesn't match up to me. This album is very different. I actually felt a bit of a shift on I Decided where he began to experiment with his artistry. Detroit 2, it's like he honed that experimentation and then anchored it in his unique selling point. And I felt like this was his most personal album. This is his first like Shawn Michael Anderson album. He's never been more personal, I feel, on record. He's never been more sage. He's never had an album with barely any cringe, but I didn't I didn't get any cringe off this album. I, I don't know if there mm-hmm. was any, but I listened to the whole album and, you know, I have a cringe, uh, like a radar for that shit, and I didn't find any. <laughs> I don't think it's his best because I believe I decided or DSP have higher highs, but it's easily his most consistent. And I think Full Circle is going to mm. be one of my favorite tracks of the year. I only have two issues. The first is the mid-tracks. The joint with Travis... Uh, which is actually Lithuania, I think it's called, and it's number one yeah. in Lithuania right now, um, which is crazy. I, it I had dis- to be right. <laughs> it had to be right. It had to be. So you know what? It, it, it did what it achieved. And I never want to hear 2088 ever again. I don't know why. It just isn't for me. Big Sean's relationship talk is just so clunky and like faux mature. I, I don't like it. And then the other issue is the other the issue I have with Janae's album going back and listening to hers is energy. Okay, now people who truly exist on energy, who move off energy, you don't go around broadcasting it. You know, it's like telling people you're cool, like oh I'm really cool, I'm this cool person. You know, it kind of just kills the whole thing immediately. And I felt like this album could have ebbed and flowed and really allowed the listener to engage and like connect with that energy. But Big Sean just kept talking about it all the time. Like, I'm an energy person. I'm a vibe person. I'm like, you you haven't yet learned what energy is if you have to keep forcing it. And I that's the only thing that... that but aside from those two criticisms, I actually think it's a very solid album. It's not an album of the year contender. It's not really even close to that. There's some really great songs on here. Sean is rapping really well. It's probably the best I feel he's ever rapped. Um... 
But the scary thing is I felt like this was Big Sean maxed out. I, I honestly felt mm. like I don't know that Big Sean has a level above this. And that concerns me a little bit because I want more from him, but I don't think we're going to get it. And maybe maybe I just have to accept that maybe this is his level or maybe, yeah, I don't know. But it, it was it's a good album. It's, it's a really good album. Uh, Katy Perry dropped an album called Smile. came out a couple of weeks ago. I didn't even know it was dropping. <laughs> okay. Yeah, man. Oh, I, did, I love Katy Perry. I went and saw her live, man. I fucking uh, love uh, Katy Perry. Uh, yeah, man. It, like, Katy Perry has so much commercial success. It would make Drake envious, honestly. Uh, I think that she's been listening to Lady Gaga because this is there's so much 90s throwback vibes on this album. And then they're like interspersed with these stock standard pop anthems you know the uplifting empowering pieces designed to kind of swell your insides and and help you (laughs) basically what these songs do is they let they get you through that last kilometer of cardio that's pretty much all they do i mean let's let's face it they're not really life advice you're not sitting at home listening to the Katy perry album being like oh i'm gonna turn my life around you know it's just getting you through that last 10 minutes in the spin class but um, there, there's not much more than that, and and so many other artists have done this before. Uh, even like there's so much, such a range of artists in that category that fucking Eminem is in that category. Like Eminem does music like this, so it's it's really not that unique. Um, Katy Perry's in a really weird place. You know, she feels very chaotic at the moment. I saw her live in 2018. It was one of the weirdest and worst performances I've ever seen because she was a total mess. Like she would lurch from complaining this she's in a like most of the crowd are like 13 to 17 year old girls right she's complaining about how fat she is she gets up on stage and she's like pinching her arm and saying oh i've I've been eating too many meat pies i'm so fat my friends in california won't like me when i go home and i'm like what (laughs) bro you can't say that that's a terrible thing i have an i've had anorexia if if she'd said that to me when i was in 2013 i would have lost my shit these poor little girls. <laughs> and then she was an hour after she should have finished. She should have finished at 10.30. It's 11.30. She still hasn't finished. She finds this girl in the crowd. And she's like, how old are you? And the girl says, I'm eight. She says, what are you still doing awake? It's a school night. You should be at home asleep. And we're all sitting there like, bro, this is your fault. <laughs> You're the one that ran late. Like, <laughs> So she's very chaotic, man. And I don't think she's worked out who she wants to be kind of post that bubblegum pop pinnacle. But that's okay. This is a transitional album, and she just needs to work out what her next move is. And um, I'm interested to see. And then finally, the Killers, Imploding the Mirage, gave that five and a half out of ten. Don't know what happened to the Killers. Uh, they had two classic albums. Hot Fuss is one of the greatest albums of all of this century. Sam's Town is is a classic. Uh, and they were leading this new generation of synth rock that had so much potential. You know, EDM Wave was five years away. And the killers had the songwriting ability and the nuance um, to create an entirely new and solidified genre. And they just didn't do it. They didn't do it. I, I'm not really sure what they did, to be honest. They got all mixed up. And uh, there's a couple of good songs. There's always a couple of good songs on a killer's album. Like uh, My Own Soul's Warning is an 80s throwback. And I've been watching a lot of movies because I haven't been sleeping. I was watching The Breakfast Club the other day. It's a fucking classic movie. That is a straight classic movie. They could have played this song at the end of that movie and it would have been perfect. Um, Fire and Bone could have been on Samstown. Uh, My God had some the early Brandon Flowers swagger, but I felt like the rest was just slightly dull and muted. 
Um, it was kind of as if like their vision board was just a picture of Bruce Springsteen making love to Adam Levine on a top, on like on a bed of like dry toast. Like it's like we're gonna be like Bruce Springsteen, but also trying <laughs> to be kind of quirky and and like poppy, like Adam Levine. But we're gonna make it super boring, so we're gonna do it on top of white bread. Like it, it, you know, it's just weird. It's a weird mix. I don't know what they're doing at the moment, but um, I still love them. I'm still gonna love them always. But yeah, that was that was a weird listen. Okay, well, that was an interesting list of uh, list of uh, projects to listen to. Yeah, I got into it. I got into it this week. I've had a lot of time on my hands, bro. Hip hop podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Um, right, so I jumped in. Well, I started off with that Big Sean Detroit two. Um, Here we go. Tell so us. So my personal. Tell us. Uh, give me. I'm, I'm leaning to it. I'll start with my. I'll start with my personal thoughts. Um, okay. Like giving it, giving it a listen. Um, damn, it's such a shame that Post Malone was on that on that Wolves track, man. I was really enjoying it until I saw he was on the feature. I was like, ah, fuck. Damn, that's unfortunate. Um, mm. But yeah, uh, the whole album's. It, 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 like I think it's his best album. Like I, I personally lean towards Dark Sky Paradise. Um, in terms of just, uh, only from a nostalgia standpoint, I've listened to it in a while. But like stuff like All Your Fool was a banger. Like, I still listen. Uh, I still used to listen to that. Um, and obviously had like kind of fuck with Chew, Blessings, all that stuff. So obviously it had you know commercial highs. Um, but uh, I feel like I remember like deep cuts being half the, some of the deep cuts being half interesting. But um. This is this is it's okay. It's consistent, um, and I I, I share the same sentiments to you, um, in terms of the the fact that um, it is um, <laughs> might actually be the uh, <laughs> peak Sean, um, creatively, which um, is kind of uh, uh, disheartening, um, because I, I I keep fe- I keep saying to myself like Sean can do it. He can do it. I believe he can do it, but this is so close, and I'm just like it doesn't hit. Oh, it's just there's just too many there's just too many lulls. Like there's there's good there's a couple of good song stretches here, and then there's just that one song that just kills them kills the mood. I'm like ah oh, god ah oh, ah oh, so annoying. Um, but the two theories, well not the two uh, encapsulating opinions. I'll I'll put it as um, shout out to the homie Mickey of a uh, uh, search of source one of the search of source boys. Um, hit me with uh, we were talking about it the other day, and uh, he hit me with two. Very good points that I feel like should just be shouted out, to be honest. So, firstly, um, there is such thing as album artists and singles artists, and Big mm, Sean's a single artist. Yeah. So I think I think we can all agree in the in those sure. two categories. We can throw Big Sean firmly in the singles category. Like I still have overtime in my regular rotation. I have on the come up on the regular rotation, which is technically a Michael Michael it song, but Big Sean's on it. Um, so, so yeah, like. He has great just one tracks, and I feel like the, most of his albums, well, all of his albums, I guess, like are just a batch of singles that he made, and he's it's just a recording process. You know, what I mean, There's, I'm not saying he needs a concept or anything. Like, he did, not everyone needs a concept on any of that kind of stuff. Um, people can just drop bars and beats, and you know, live with that. Um, well, the album we're talking about this episode is is pretty much one of those things, um, but. <sighs> He's just good with singles, and for whole albums, like, for one thing stretching over an hour, I'm just like, ah, don't know. And uh, the second one, uh, which I've, <laughs> fuck, I've literally totally forgotten about, oh yeah, I've got it now. Um, yeah, 
out of all of the going back to the Wyoming sessions uh, all those couple of years ago, of all the good music artists that could have benefited <laughs> from, <laughs> from an eight track Kanye fully produ- fully produced Kanye uh, project, Big Sean eight oh, tracks, give me that. I would have worked that. He would have I would have that. firmly subscribed to that fully. Oh, I'd be like, shit. give me that. I am looking forward to that. Because yeah. giving Big Sean eight tracks is nothing. Like yeah. we, we tried we to break down out. the uh, Detroit Two in eight tracks, and you know, um, he, he Mickey added um, the 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 twenty eighty eight one, which was fucking Ugh. horrible. How um, bad? Him, like, why do people like twenty eighty eight? Why did why do people I, like twenty eighty eight? I like I like the al- I like the album twenty eighty eight. Like dude. as a just a whole album i really enjoyed it um but every, <laughs> everything outside like when they were on the first one with a tie dollar sign didn't oh, like that song and the one we had 2088 on the thing uh, on the artist um uh, uh thingy boy that song was horrible that's, that's, that's the worst track on there just uh, sean just going timing timing Ugh, oh no please no skip 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 oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know what i mean bro you know what oh, I mean? Like shit. everyone had that, that. That's the cringe moment. That was a cringe moment. Let's be real. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't a cringe bar, fair. but it was a cringe yeah, moment. Cringe funny. vocals. Can't do it. Yeah. Can't oh, do God. it. Um. So, <laughs> yeah, I find it's so, oh, it's it's so fascinating. Um. I I will say I did enjoy the interludes, uh, with obviously yeah. Dave Chappelle, Erica. Erica Badu was so spitting really bars, nice. man. Erica Badu had yeah, fucking. She, yeah, she she put some bars in there. She oh, some bars she. The way that she did that. her voice too, she was like, "Hey, mm. this is Erica Badu," and I was like, "Oh, I see now." <laughs> I yeah, see. she need, she needs to read like she needs to read people to sleep, man. She needs to get on that Lavar Burton uh, uh, tip. Honestly, and just oh, read man. Uh, books she was killing it, for yeah. money. That would be great. Yeah. Um, just children's books on Audible, fucking mm. cop. Um. But yeah, uh, and and another thing, those interludes are literally highlights of the album, mm. and I don't know how to feel about that. <laughs> it's just like I don't think interludes should be the best things about albums. Um, but yeah, it, it it's it's good. It's it's, it's it, I will say it's his most consistent album. It's probably his best album. I want to listen to Dark Side Paradise again uh, before I make that decision for myself. Um, but yeah. Uh, uh, it might be pe- that might be peak Sean. That might be peak Sean. He did sound very hungry on it, very very hungry. So you know, and that's and that's great. And, that, and that's because the reason why I didn't like I decided is because he he sounded dead. He just sounded yeah. like a fucking yeah. AI big Sean. It's just bro, drink some Red Bull. Um, all right, let me just get into these albums real quick. Uh, privilege, uh, spelled like ledge, like you know, knowledge. Um, Action Speak Louder, little EP, four tracks, uh, super nice. Uh, just jumps on some different beats every time. Uh, one of them was literally very close to a drill beat, very, very drill beat-ish. Um, and he floated on all of them, so uh, shout out to him on that. It was a very uh, solid EP. Um, Azriel, The Seven Deaths, another EP. It's about 20-something minutes. Um, this dude's uh, from Nigeria, and I think he resides in Manchester at the moment. And uh, his vocal, uh, he does, he raps and uh, kind of has this uh, kind of Jay Prince vibe about him. Um, you know, kind of like R&B elements. And he's talking about, you know, relationships and stuff like that. Um, but his his inflections, his vocal inflection is so odd to me. Like, it's not, it's not Nigerian. It's not British. It's, it's got like an American tinge to it. It's really weird. It's really weird. I don't, I don't, know, how to, I don't know how to describe it. But apart from that... Solid lyrics, um, solid um, uh, concept, and uh, yeah, man, it's, it's good stuff. 
uh, Red Veil from obviously last week, Niagara. Mm. Um, I, di- I do get them Earl Sweatshirt vibes, um, practically from the production pretty much. Um, I don't think his bars are really L-esque. Oh, no. Um, well, <laughs> nobody can go on L's level on that front. No. Uh, but it's it's a solid, it's a real solid listen. Really enjoyed it. 24 minutes. Like, the, the Just the beats are like drowned out, but, the, but in a good way. Um, I really love the um, the uh, Alicia Keys uh, sample flip. Love that shit. And obviously, I think that samples another thing. So, um, not, I'm not a sample geek like some people, but yeah, uh, that was that was super solid uh, project. Uh, Disclosure, Energy. Mm. Um, I really love Disclosure from back in the day. Uh, Caracal is one of my favorite albums from that time, uh, especially like stuff like Willing and Able and Super Ego. Neo, love that shit. Shout out to Quabs as well for Willing and Able. Um, this one is. Good. It's it brings me. It takes me back. I get. I do get. I do get some nostalgia vibes. Uh, listening back to it. Uh, listening to it. Um, to back in the day. Uh, the Khalees track with Watch Your Step. Amazing. Love that track. Uh, Slow Tile My High was a very interesting uh, mix. Uh, Fatu uh, Fatu Mata Diawara was very good on Duar. Love that track. Um, I really love the interludes on here. Thinking about you is basically a hip hop beat. Um, which kind of kind of makes the makes my point in terms of why I like this kind of electronic music because they're using break beats, which is obviously a hip hop staple. Um, it, it's just it, it, they they they're hand in hand, like electronic music and hip hop. Like it, they they come from very similar um, uh, uh, backgrounds, and I really enjoy that kind of stuff. And obviously with um, Disclosure. You, they have Mick Jenkins on here. They have Slow Tire. So they, clearly, they you know they have Common on here for one as well, which is really nice. Kalani and Sid on one. Um, so yeah, clearly they have like you know interest in hip hop, and uh, from the interludes especially, you really do get that hip hop element. Um, but yeah, man, it's a solid electronic album. Very, very nice listen. Uh, Lavelle London Dusk, um, another uh, British artist here. That I just uh, checked out for this week. Um, not for me. Not for me personally. Um, here we go. Here we go. Wait, wait. It's very pristine. Negativity. Negativity. I'm not gonna, I'm, it's, it's not worth laying into. I do have constructive criticism. Obviously, <laughs> bring it back to last week, lighter note. Um, I do have some constructive criticism. Percy, it's just not for me because the vibe is very, it's very pristine uh, production-wise as well, which is good in some places, but it just doesn't work for me here. Um, it's, it's, it's kind of like... Uh, I don't know. It's it's kind of like if Drake just went fully, like, <laughs> fully. Uh, well, uh, what, what's the what's the name of his new album? The Lover Boy Certified Lover Boy. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of if it, it, that's I that 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 title fits this album. Like that's how it sounds like. It sounds like Drake would makes. It, it sounds like Drake's Certified Lover Boy in my head. That's how I'm thinking about it. So, uh, yeah, shout out to Bell London. Uh, he does some great work uh, with other artists as well. He puts people on. So. Uh, you know, it's all good, but yeah, not the album for me personally. Um, Georgia Ann Muldrow, um, by this name, by uh, GOT in this uh, particular album, uh, Mama, You Can Bet. Uh, real full on jazz album, um, very abstract, <laughs> very hard to, uh, not, not, not a background listen, not for the background. Uh, you need to be fully focused on listening to this kind of stuff. Um, it's very, uh, it, it can be very dis- disorienting if you listen to them in background. So uh, just a warning there. And uh, finally, Lord Apex and V Don, uh, supply and demand, a little collab there. Uh, it, it, if you like Griselda, you'll like that. Put Ooh, simply, um, there mean. is um, 
Will, I think Willie the Kid is his name uh, on a feature. Uh, CJ Fly and Merz are on here as well, so that's a solid couple of features, uh, clearly coming from V-Don. And uh, Lord Apex has um, very, uh, obviously, uh, listened to his la- uh, previous album uh, this year, Dark Sides, I think, Dark Sides, something like that. Um, and obviously very grimy, very monotone kind of delivery. Um, so, yeah, if, you, if you're kind of if you're kind of into that kind of thing, uh, go for it. You know, supply and demand, obviously, the, you can you can get the connotations from that alone. Uh, but yeah, yeah, solid, solid stuff. I wish it personally. I wish I had a bit more energy. Um, there was a, there were like bits and pieces here and there, like during some songs which I liked, but I needed more of. Um, but yeah, man, it, it's okay. It's it's a it's a solid piece of work. And with that said, we jump into our topic of this episode, and we're talking about. Uh, we're, we're kind of half re-upping on Nas and half talking about, well, mainly talking about the new album King's Disease because Ben's got some fresh. Out the oven stats certified on the fresh. album. Certified fresh. Certified fresh. Rotten tomato level. Boom. 88%. Um, He's <laughs> coming through. 90 plus percent bangers. Um, fresh out the oven. And uh, yeah, man, it's kind of harping on to, hopping on to the back of our previous uh, Nas retrospective. If you want to go listen to that one, uh, that's good, uh, I guess, uh, prelude listening if you want to get into this. Um, but yeah, we're going to hop off on the back of that and talk about King's Disease and uh, that album as a whole, um, per, uh, m- mainly, but also just maybe just a little bit of like, you know, Nas's legacy, you know, yeah. and, 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 like just checking in on that front, I guess. Uh, but mainly we're talking about the album, let's, let's not get twisted. And we're not going to go through a track by track um, like we have done with uh, previous uh, some previous retrospectives. Um, but we're go- we're just going to talk about the album as a whole in its full context, and uh, yeah, man. So let's <laughs> just let's, let's, uh, let's not waste any time. Grab your coats, put your shoes on, ladies and gentlemen. We're taking a walk. We're having a knock on the door. He's got them fresh stats out of the oven. He's just opened doors, and we're all like, "Well, the oven he's, he's just leading us in like a cartoon. But you know, you know, in them Looney Tunes cartoons, where like something's cooking, and they start floating and getting led by their nose. That's basically yeah. what's happening right now. So <laughs> let's get floating, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> ben, it's all yours. <laughs> I swear, man, you gotta write this shit down. Like, I don't know, it just comes off. Charlie just comes off the top with this. It's just wild, man. It's very, very talented. Very talented. Um, so yeah, I want to dive into this Nas record because. Nas is, he doesn't typically do concept albums. Like, uh, King's Disease is being promoted as more than just a cool album title, but it's also slightly less than a, a tight concept like American Gangster by Jay-Z or Good Kid, Mad City by Kendrick. You know, those are very tight concepts and they had a very uh, narrative feel to them. The feel I get from King's Disease is honestly the feel I get from every good Nas project. He's a poet observing life as it unfolds around him. Now, in this sense, I see King's Disease much more aligned with Untitled from 2008, in which Nas took a similarly broad approach to the relationship, in this case, uh, the relationship white America has with hip-hop and African-American culture in general. And I feel like on that album, it's very similar to King's Disease. Uh, He provided kind of loose guidelines designed to be a map forward. It was kind of like beginning a map to the way forward, whereas on King's Disease... He advances this further by delivering his own version of the cure to what I will explain is King's Disease. Now, I've run two separate analyses on this album. The first is entirely concept-related, 
and the second has assigned every NAS bar to specific categories so we can kind of see the pattern of his content across the album and place that within the scope of his whole career. I would like to contextualize the album before we jump in. Uh, as Charlie mentioned, we did a NAS retrospective and uh, one of the comments, I don't know if it was from you or me, Charlie, but it really stood out to me. It was that NAS is totally unfiltered. You know, there's no cynicism, there's no carefully laid out plan to his bars, there's no manipulation or there's no attempt to curate an image or a vibe or there's nothing except that he's a street poet who speaks his truth at all opportunities. And what this means is we'll likely never get a truly tight concept album from Nas, apart from Illmatic. But again, you know, that was just kind of just him just laying bars, you know, it was just a classic. Um and it means that we'll get a lot of misses alongside the hits. And I don't just mean albums or solitary songs. It just means random bars in the middle of brilliant songs that are kind of entirely misplaced. Like on The Cure, he raps, Everything from sexy to deadly, I done been through that. Still going deeper like I grew a new inch on my dick. Like, you know, I was listening to that yesterday and I'm just like, you didn't need to put that there, man. Like, there's no <laughs> point to that bar. But it, he doesn't care. The, the thing is, I'm trying to say is he doesn't care. He just raps from the heart. Whatever he, is in his head, he just puts it out there. And honestly, to me, it seems like another Illmatic level classic will never emerge because uh, it, it, he's just he he just doesn't seem to have it in him anymore. You know, he can't focus down for such a short period of or for such a long period of time sorry and 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 drag everything in and be like but that's not a bad thing that's not a bad thing man like a nas album can feel like a stream of conscious thought and that never gels with a tight concept and it does make king's disease a little bit confusing but when he does lock into this concept uh it's not just solid i i think it's quite outstanding and uh, 96.9% of Nas's bars can be categorized as either the King's Disease or the Cure. Um, but I do feel like a lot of his observations on this album are quite surface level. They're no less true, mm. and they're no less important, and they're no less actionable, but they're still a little bit basic and generic, which is something I will speak on a little bit with regards to Nas's strength versus his weaknesses and how they manifest on this record. But um, before I jump into any of that, like I want to know, Charlie, how you felt about this album and where, I guess, because I've gone back and listened to his uh, his entire discography post-Nostradamus over the last week, just because, man, because I've had a lot of time and I was just driving around listening to it. And mm. I, I placed this relatively low in his discography, to be 100%. But, I mean, that's my personal opinion. But I was just wondering like how you feel about this album and, and how you place it in his discography. Um, I'm trying to, uh, well, now, now you've asked me, I'm just trying to, like, <laughs> where would I put it? This is I mean, I'd put it reasonably, um, probably mo- most likely higher than you. Um, just trying to think off the top of my head of what, what, what I don't even know what, <laughs> I don't remember what I said last time. Oh, uh, but, uh, it changes. It's yeah, all right. Uh, yeah, I know, I tell you, I know, but I like to keep consistent. But yeah, I mean, the whole I was this I was this obviously today, and um, it kind of it kind of went by much faster for me. Um, as obviously knowing the knowing what tracks come up and which ones I like and don't like, obviously that kind of you know helps helps uh, move things forward. Um, not that I'm a skipper or anything, uh, but yeah, it's a. Uh, 
it's I I I definitely agree on the fact that you said uh, you know a lot of the things he says is surface level, and um, I think that's something I feel like he knows that. Uh, I I I feel like he knows. He d- maybe maybe he doesn't feel like he needs to go in depth with it. Like just take Ultra Black for example, right? Because I really like that track. Still, in my regular rotation might make my songs a year mm. list, right? I really love that song. Just mm. just the just the airiness of it. You know, the beat doesn't slap your slap your head off. Like it's it's, it's calm. You know, it's it's very calm. It's got you know got them the back, um, which sounds like Zoidberg from Futurama. <laughs> now I've killed Ultra Black for everyone. Oh, you idiot! <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> you <fucking> idiot. <laughs> <laughs> okay, right off the dome, ladies and gentlemen. That's what yeah, you get. Um, that's what you get here. Prime content. <laughs> um, but yeah, take that track for example. Right, it's not exactly you know knock your head off, um, slap in. You know, it's it's very light, and he keeps it simple. You know, Grace Jones Black, blacker than black. The opposite a dojo cat. He keeps it simple, right? And that's fine. You know, it doesn't need it doesn't need to be simple. But because I think, and this and this kind of makes my overall arcing point in terms of well, the storyline arc of Nas's career, um, is you know he said all that he well he tried to say all the deep shit back in the day, right? Mm-hmm. You don't need to reiterate the deep shit. You know what I mean? Even even someone like um, Public Enemy, who are you know still obviously going, um, drop in soon uh, with the obviously a new Def Jam record. Uh, you know they don't they don't have to they don't have to go all the way deep with their stuff anymore. Um, but they obviously choose to because they're Public Enemy, and that's why we all love Public Public Enemy. We all, we all love Public Enemy, right, guys? Yep, yep. Okay, good, agreed. Um, so yeah, it, it it depends on who you are. You don't need to be deep with it all the time. Maybe down the line, way down the line, when Kendrick's uh, you know Nas's age from now, right, ten fifteen years or so, don't know the age gap, right? Maybe he maybe he does an album that's just that's just you know talking about the same stuff that he has been, or you know a little bit of uh, obviously a little bit of growth here and there. Uh, obviously, there's some songs in King's Disease where like he kind of reminisces, Car Eighty Five for for example. Um, and even quite literally, you know, bringing back the firm for the uh, for one track, um, you know, it's not it's not it's not completely. Uh, Nas doesn't see it as completely necessary to be like, I need to write the hardest shit ever, and that's fine. Simplicity um, can you know, can, uh, simplicity is um what's, what's the term for that? Simplicity is something, um, you know, it works. Simplicity works, like 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 we were talking about off wax. Like you don't need to, you don't need to have so many ingredients to for mm. something to be good. Like the reason why we like you know the recent Alchemist albums, uh, album collabs and Madlib collabs is because it's simple. It's one artist, one producer. Here's some beats. Here's some bars. Do you like them? Good. And that's it. Like it doesn't need to be, eh, you know, all all this hullabaloo. Um. It, it could be just as what it is, and I think um, you know, as simplistic albums go, this is very good. Like you know, just just saying that. Uh, now that we've put in a simplistic uh, t- category that I've kind of made made for this, uh, made for this little soliloquy, it's very freaking good. <laughs> like there's some great tracks of reminiscing, some great tracks about empowerment and all that stuff. And obviously you got the statistics for that, so I won't even harp on that too much. Uh, but yeah, I feel like Nas is being simplistic with it. 
And I'm completely fine with that. I don't feel like he needs to be too deep with it anymore. Maybe he, um, just thinking about this now, maybe he didn't grow that extra inch on his dick. How do you do that, okay. by the way? Like, is that possible? Can you can you do that? I don't know. I might have to. I mean, if certain adverts out there on the internet have uh, told me over the years, oh, it's okay. definitely possible. Don't want, I don't want to see Charlie's Google Google history, eh? Like, Jesus Christ. Hey. <laughs> hey. All right. Guys. All right. And girls. Let's not get twisted. All right. Let's, let's, let's be real with each other. Come on. Do you want so, to... So, you the... <laughs> the, the um you know <clears throat> it is the the approach he takes to the concept is quite simple but it, it's an interesting concept i like the concept um nas has kind of uh <laughs> been hitting the promo trail really hard uh for this record on multiple platforms during his frankly quite bafflingly boring interviews i i don't know if anyone's seen these interviews but well, one of them in the Breakfast Club, he did admit to smoking weed before he came on. On, but then all the yeah, like most of the Breakfast Club interviews, they say that yeah, I smoked weed before I came here. So that there's not, I don't think that's an excuse. But um, honestly, man, he just he doesn't sound very interesting. And I guess because he's doing them via Zoom, maybe that's the problem. Um, but I don't know. But he did explain the concept, and uh, so I'll explain it in his words. King's disease is what happens when you become successful in any realm, when you've overcome the threats in order to achieve that success and you've reached the throne. Now, what dangers face you from here? Like who or what is coming to take the throne away from you and how do you protect yourself against that? And I actually think that's a really cool concept. I think it's uh, it's so cool and powerful that Zane Lowe, that... <laughs> That bastion of scholar-level vernacular said oh, he'd gosh. never heard those two words put together before in his life. <laughs> so as you can imagine, Nas is clearly <laughs> breaking new ground here because Lord knows Zane Lowe is such an authority on hip-hop. He would know. <laughs> he, If anyone in the world would know, he would know if someone had covered this topic on wax before. And Zane Lowe said no one has, so it clearly... This has never been done before. Can I just now, say right quick? Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's, there's no one quite like you that, like, slowly, as they talk about someone derogatively, just slowly just takes their belt off just and just squats down and shits on them. You do this so slowly, bro. It's so funny. It's glorious. Continue. Yeah, no big fan. <laughs> Zaylo unclicks belt. And then just stop. <laughs> but it's kind of like when Charlie sends you a voice message and you just hear him say, so, and then there's just this pause and I'm like, all right, this is a five minute voice message. I've got to lock in for this. Oh, I put my seatbelt on. I'm like, here we go. <laughs> it happens, man. So I'll talk about this. I'll talk about this. Nas says, Nas said, I see us all as kings. We got to a certain level. We survived. But the thing to watch out for now, you if you have everything you want, you have to watch out for the things that's going to get in the way. It's usually our own selves that get in the way. That's a direct quote. And so Nas delivers his observations on what gets in the way. Now, throughout the album, he identifies key areas that can, key areas that contribute to this, like jealousy, ignorance, power, ego, drugs, food, greed, women, racism, 
And all of all, almost all of these can be applied uh, externally and internally, and they are throughout the album. Like on the opening track, and when I say externally and internally, I mean th- these are things that can be within you that will tear your success down, but they're also things that are in the people outside of you and the people that, you know, your peers, the people you're interacting with that can tear you mm. down as well. And I like that idea. I like that interplay of like, you know, this is within me, but it's also without me. So uh, greed could tear me down. I could be too greedy or someone around me could be too greedy and tear me down because of that greed. And um, I like that a lot. And and on the opening track, for example, the jealousy of others that is fixated on Nas because of his success threatens to either end his reign or take his life. But even his own jealousy then comes through on like rap is weird, weird flex, but okay, you ain't as ill as you think, you're just okay. And, you know, a couple of early bars, his earlier bars, he said um, that he doesn't have any rap on his playlist. And he's kind of speaking from that place of success, looking down upon other forms of success, and then being lost in that. It's like I've ascended past that level right now. And then he's checking himself, you know, everything that he says on this album is... um, it's with self-awareness. Like having watched these interviews, it's like he's pretty, like even when he's criticizing himself or saying things that are relatively ignorant with regards to say jealousy or greed, he understands, you know, that he is part of the problem there. And I also mm. think this is where ego and power tie heavily in. Like on Til, uh, Till the War is One, the desire for men to exert their power over women leads to the propagation of the disease in both men and women. You know, women are torn down and, and by doing that, men are tearing themselves down. And the power and struggle ensues when someone ascends to a level that either challenges the ego of their partner or causes them to feel the need to exert their own power over their partner. And that can be applied to any kind of relationship or connection or you know just a friendship where your success is challenging the power of your friend's success. Um, then on Blue Benz, it's Nas's own ego that gets in the way where he describes a situation in the tunnel where he's walking around with weapons and he's wishing someone would test him so he could prove himself. And as he said, you know, he took risks and that disease of ego could just snatch away any kind of success in an instant. We've seen so many artists who end up in jail just because of that ego and that power of like, you know, I'm big now, I, I, I'm, I have this ability and they don't need to, you know, they did, you know, Nas didn't need to go into the tunnel with weapons. He didn't need to walk around hoping someone would test him so he could prove himself. Um, you know, greed is heavily referenced on the definition. Uh, I like that a lot because it plays back to the themes of Untitled, where he kind of lays out the on Untitled, he laid out the mainstream media landscape and then offered the 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 enticing carrot of clout on both sides. Sorry, that I mean, when I say that, I mean he did that on the definition on this album. Um, and those forces are trying to remove Nas from his position because he's a rich black man succeeding in the racist state of America. And you know, for the possibility for anyone to succeed in that racist state if they abandon their morals and acquiesce to the system. And you know, he mentioned Gail King. I, I don't want to speak about Gail King right now. I'll speak about her a bit later when we talk about how women are dealt with on this album. But it comes back into racism playing a huge part on this album as well. Uh, mm. Till the War is One, The Definition, Ten Points, The Cure. They all feature more than 10 bars describing how the oppressive United States attempts to throttle any success by black people and drag them back into the conditions upon which they were placed by those same oppressive forces. And, you know, I even posted some statistics today on Hip Hop Numbers about, um, 
how many like the top 25 earning musicians in the last uh, financial year, but three of them were rappers. How is that possible? Like Kanye's number one, Drake is in there, and Jay Z is in there. Drake and Jay Z aren't even top ten. That's impossible. That doesn't make sense. It's you know, it's just I like that idea. I don't like the idea at all. I think it's fucking horrific and abhorrent. But I like the idea that even Nas is 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 actually tackling it and kind of saying like this will try. They will try and drag you back, man. This is the king's disease. Like they don't want you to succeed. Yeah. Um. I said a I lot, there, a lot Sorry. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I just uh, needed a moment just to think. But uh, you know, going on the last point you were talking about, I'll just uh, you know, just I guess hop onto the back of that and just emphasize that because um, there's a there's a, there's a there's a wisdom about that particular pointer um, that kind of hits home. And also just kind of adds to the ongoing conversation about this kind of stuff. Um, you know, obviously, um, I sent you that link the other day about uh, the uh, the IG account Daquan not uh, being, yeah. well, while it was founded by a black kid, it's not yeah. exactly owned by a black kid anymore, but they still have the black kid on the front of the thing, front and center, so you just assume it is, but it's actually not. It's held by a media company, and that's bought by Warner. It's just... Ugh, it, it just leaves a bad taste in your mouth all the time and you know some of this shit really does just that's all it does like sometimes you just can't uh, you either just try and I wouldn't say stay actively be actively ignorant about it but like just uh, just allow it to happen I guess subconsciously and you, don't, you obviously don't want to say that to yourself but um yeah but um linking that to obviously the last one you were talking about um it's uh it, it it could easy, it could easily happen, and uh, you know obviously the the pie has in some ways grown for a lot of people, but in another way has shortened dramatically. Um, you know just you know talking about obviously streaming in general and the fact that you know CD sales back in the day like really made money like proper money, you know the most money and it was the biggest pie ever. And now it's obviously smaller, but even with that said, people are still getting deals done. So, you know, people are still get, becoming millionaires off this game. So, you know, it's, uh, it's obviously a conversation for another day. But, um, yeah, it kind of adds to, I guess, this, um, this, this kind of demeanor that Nas brings throughout this album to me, which is um, one of kind of, kind of like a document, documentary style. I'd say, um, not in like a, not in terms of like, uh, someone like, um, I don't know, open mic eagle, right? It's not, it's not in that kind of way, not in the fully art kind of way. Um, but literally just reporting, reporting to you, the listener, uh, either what is going on, nine, trying to, trying to word in a, in a way, but not, not exactly what's going on. But I guess what's on, like, Nas's mind, I guess, specifically, since it's just him. So, you know, but obviously the stuff is relevant to most of us. And it's, it's relevant, it's all relevant information, uh, regardless if it's, you know, um, either worthy of agreement, <laughs> is, is uh, something we'll get, get, in, get into in a bit. Um, but it's still information that helps us I guess, uh, form our own, hopefully, 
because, you know, you guys have your own brains, so you can think for yourselves, um, form our own opinions on the on the task at hand, whether it be any of the tasks, <laughs> any of the uh, the topics, uh, sorry, uh, that you've obviously put forward um, in this uh, little little breakdown that you've given. Do you feel that, like, you know, he says King's disease, um, and he talks about, like, people achieving success in a certain area and then and then that is the king's disease and then he he does provide the cure mm. which we'll speak about in a second but do you feel like it, it is still relevant for just people like us you know just just regular listeners who are you know listening because because people are going to listen to nas for the the bars and the you know then they're probably not yeah, going to dive super yeah. deep into the concept but do yeah. you feel like it is actually a valuable album just for the general listener who is not you know let's say a king we're all king like i i truly believe we all achieve success in different ways but right. do you think it's still relevant for those people i i've contextualized i've contextualized it um as obviously in the definition he says the king's disease or rich man's disease right mm. um i link that to what do you define as rich because obviously on the face when we see when we hear the word rich we hear money right you know just obviously duh right that's just where it's where, it's where, it's where it comes into the conversation most of the time but you know there's obviously that um there's that v- popular video of uh whenever it's bob marley's birthday i always see it but um you know an interviewer and it's in the marley documentary i think um the, Tre- the Trevor McDonald one, which is one of the best documentaries um, out there if you want to go watch that. Um, but it, the interviewer goes to him, um, you know, uh, I, th- I think it's like, how much money do you have or something like that? And he just, he just basically goes, money, what's, what's that going to do? You know what I mean? It's, it's, how much money how much money uh, makes you rich? You know, what's, what's, the mar- what's the line of demarcation for that? What How much money do you need to be, cl- to classify your own self as rich, right? And obviously that, I think it's a bit pointless in trying to do draw that line for yourself, um, but you know he, he finishes he finishes up with that little bit, just going like you know my richness is life and stuff like that, um, and I kind of think as the king's disease going back to that as um, linking it to the richness, I see it that you know we can have the king's disease quote unquote um, in the maybe you can be. Uh, <laughs> Maybe you can be too comfortable in your life, and I feel like there are a lot of people that, you know, try and find that comfort, and sometimes mistake comfort for routine um, in, in their day-to-day lives, and, uh, you know, it's always worth, mm. you know, it's always worth trying to bet yourself in every way, um, not to be a life coach or anything, <laughs> but, you know, it's, I, th- I feel like it's worth it. Um, but yeah, I feel like the King's disease in this in this way, and how we can possibly link to some uh, people like us that aren't rich in t- in monetary terms, you can I think you can still get quote unquote the King's disease because you know I, f- I, f- I feel like the King's disease in our case and in you know the whole case of being rich is are you rich in your um, in your health are you rich in your mindset are you rich mm-hmm. in your own personal goals you know you can you can give so many so many parameters to to ask yourself what are you how are you rich right mm-hmm. so yeah so going off all that 
I think that's how we can, as as a, as as mere peasants, can uh, see see King's disease in in ourselves. That's like really perfectly said. Uh, that actually might be the best part of this podcast because I think, like, as someone whose whose health is not great. I see health yep. as everything. So like when you when my physical health is poor, it's really poor. When my mental health is poor, it's really poor. When it's good, I, f- I genuinely do feel rich. Now, if we're going to apply this to Nas's King's disease, then that it, like everything he listed about things that can take it away, you know, jealousy, ignorance, power, greed, especially food, women, all these things, drugs, these can mm-hmm. take away your health. Mm-hmm. That can take away your richness. And that the idea of, of comfort and routine people listen to that when charlie said that that's very important because there is a big difference between comfort and routine routine is important you know routine is uh, not for everyone some people thrive in chaos and and don't mind jumping around but uh for a lot of people routine is very important and it's how you get shit done you know it's how we got this podcast to however many number of podcasts we've done now it's an insane amount of hours that we've put into this because we have a routine every week we do it. It doesn't matter what happened. But there's another side of it to comfort zone where, you know, we could have just done the exact same podcast every single week, but we push ourselves into different realms. We talk about artists that we normally wouldn't talk about. We, you know, so so there's a difference between that as well. And I think that's that's valuable in contextualizing this album in just for everyone. Everyone listening to this album, it is important. Not, this is not just for people who are rich and successful. This is literally for everyone. And and I think that that goes into the cure a little bit because he does speak about cure. I don't know how actionable this is for the average person, but I'll talk about it because this is where the simplicity and the kind of broad platitude-like level of the concept comes in. And, mm. you know, the cure section is full of powerful statements but many of them don't match up too well with the specific manifestations of the disease. It's more of an abstraction of the idea of moving forward in the world rather than an actual way forward. Now, what I want to explain about that, and we talked about this a lot on when we did the, the uh, George Floyd episode, where we weren't really sure what the next steps were. You know, that's why I was so happy with Killer Mike's uh, speech when he was talking, I forget where he was, but he did that huge speech about what we do next. You know, we've got to yep. vote, we've got to do this, we've got to do that because he, he laid out the steps. Whereas the whole movement was kind of like, we need to move forward, we need equality. And I was like, okay, I agree, you know, fuck yeah, let's go out and do that. But how do we do that? And I felt like with King's disease, the cure side of it, Nas didn't really lay out that path the way that Killer Mike did. Um, So the main theme of the cure side is black empowerment. Now, 73.4% of Nas's cure bars deal directly with that. And uh, cure bars, sorry, uh, did I say kill or cure bars? Cure bars. Um, And of course, it's it's the right statement to make. It's a beautiful statement. And I want to expound on that a little bit. Um, You know... The other side of what I said on that podcast, because I have thought a lot about what we spoke about on the George Floyd podcast, and I've watched the Black Lives Matter movement unfold uh, from afar, you know, from Australia, and, uh, you know, where it's gone and what's happened. And um, I I was a bit guilty of just being very semantics-based on that podcast, I think, and, and like, getting lost in that semantics and, and fixating on minor details without remembering the bigger picture, 
you know, arguing amongst each other about the best approaches rather than understanding that we're all going to feel differently about the best way forward. The main thing is to remember the goal, the movement, you know, in this case to uplift black people and, and seek equality. And Ultra Black, this is why I, I love this song, is like the giant umbrella the entire movement is under. It drills down to the essence of black empowerment and it's I feel like it's the most focused Nas was in the entire album. You know, we go on Ultra Black, like the Essence Fest, African Black Soap, Caress the Flesh. Um, I, I really, yeah, I loved all of that. It was my favorite song on the album. It was a bigger picture. It was the scope and, and Charlie speaks about this often about zooming out and taking in the whole landscape. So when we spoke about that simplicity, it's not a negative thing. It's not a bad thing. It's good to get down and drill down to the details, but it's also good to remind people that there's a bigger picture here and we're all going to disagree on the details. You know, when we're not all going to agree on the best way forward, but we need to all get behind the same, the same movement, the same process, the same goal. And I felt like that's what Nas did on that, on, on that particular, on this particular album and on that particular song. I mean, it's not the only cure. Uh, money is offered as a cure on Spicy and kind of intermittently throughout the rest of the album, 27 Summers, uh, yep. where money is used to create businesses that contribute to a legacy and a dynasty, and that strengthens your success. Uh, healthy food, art, patience, uh, charity, God, they're all offered up as cures. Now, all of these are pretty broad and wide-ranging general things. Um, you know, 10 points charity is offered up and karma is spoken of during the record. So the idea that you kind of future-proof yourself by being charitable in the present moment, you know, they're very general. But I'm interested, Charlie, like how you feel about what I just said about ultra black, especially and the cure to the disease being black empowerment. Like, did you get, firstly, did you get that impression from the album? And secondly, do you feel like Nas dealt with it in the, the, in a way that resonated, uh, not just with you, but just with listeners in general, with you know the climate at the moment. Like, do you feel like that was, uh, yeah, like a a good way to go about it? I'd say the uh, yeah, the song itself, Ultra Black. I, you know, like I said, this you know, I I I enjoy it for that simplicity, and uh, I think I enjoy the whole album of that simplicity, but um. A, a point, a, a tangent I want to go on, just to, uh, and it will answer your question, but just stay with me. Um, so, I was, I was, I was, I was, I was uh, reading about uh, obviously the recent uh, boycotts in US, uh, US professional sports, obviously done by the Milwaukee Bucks at the beginning, and then obviously a few other, uh, well, a whole few, a few other leagues uh, kind of shut themselves down for a match or, or a game, or whatever, and. Um, and that was all in the response to Jacob Blake shooting. And um, there was a there was a conversation uh, that I was put on to uh, shout out to Bimondi Jones on this because uh, you really encapsulated this very well. Um, not to not to get into the whole thing, but like obviously LeBron James is obviously kind of like the face of the NBA, and we we you know even if you don't know about basketball, you know about LeBron James, right? You know you see other. You see other players that are like 24, 23, people like Jalen Brown, like the, you know, saying real, you know, low-key radicalistic shit, right? But then you have LeBron James trying to be, you know, he's trying to be Muhammad Ali, right? And he can't be Ali because Ali, if you guys obviously remember, or obviously if you've seen the film or the documentary or whatever, documentaries, 
um, or just read about him. He gave away he, he gave away his prime years for the, for the cause, right? He, literally his prime years in boxing for the cause. Got his heavyweight belt uh, stripped, all of that. He did that for the cause. Guys, LeBron James has a production company. <laughs> he's, he's, he's not doing that. He, he's not doing that. He called up Obama for advice. The, the point I'm making uh, in this is there's two things that, uh, that you can talk, that you can encapsulate this kind of conversation and all this dialogue in, right? Or in terms of solutions. You either go completely radical with it, um, similar to another one, another good example given was uh, uh, when Martin Luther King, a year after the Civil Rights Act, um, I, I sound like I said rights, rights act. Um, he kind of called, he, he kind of called off because he was, you know, 30 something, right? But then there was Stokely Carmichael, who was like 26 something or mid 20s, and he still had that fire, right? And we can all understand that when you're in your 20s, you have the fire about certain things and you just can't let it go. And then once you reach your 30s or so, whatever age you consider, uh, you know, consider letting go on some things you you know you just call off you you just don't have the you just don't have the uh, the, just the 24 7 energy about it right and that's just how it goes right so you either have the full radicalism of like uh i don't say full radicalism it's probably the wrong phrase to say about full beans right if you (laughs) go full beans with it uh when you're in your 20s right or when you're just a little bit older and you get into incrementalism increments that's what it's all about and I feel like Nas is an incrementalist in this case, where he can su- and he can suggest the broad terms, and you know it can be incremental, you know, just get money, you know, just, <laughs> and then like you can you can cure some shit, but you know it's also kind of a disease at the same time. Uh, you know what I mean, it's incremental. I feel like Nas at his age, and this whole album is kind of like incremental. Um, it's not. It's widespread. It's it's it's. It's, it's buttering the whole piece of bread, but not exactly putting, uh, you know, some uh, some good filling on it. You know what I mean? You don't put some chicken slices on it, and that's fine, you know? Some people like just some butter toast, and that's all good. I'm not saying Nazi's album is butter toast, but butter toast is, does slap sometimes, you know what I mean? Like when you when you need some butter toast, uh, it's uh, butter toast. Good butter toast. Ooh, it's, it's great. Like, there's nothing, there's nothing better than a, just an OP, nicely toasted, piece of bread like nothing nothing better nothing simple the simple life man Throw simple life it's all, we, it's all we're here for um so yeah uh, linking all of that to this i feel like nas is coming through on an incremental tip um same as lebron james same as obama in his you know overall pres- presidency it wasn't radical none of it was radical it was incremental and some people just want radical shit some uh, me sometimes i just want radical shit me i'm just like fuck it guys let's just teach all of the black shit and all of the uh, British colonialism that we can possibly teach as early as possible, and then I pull back a bit and I'm like, okay, let's just, let's just let's just do it. Let's just start at high school at least, right? And you just you just pin yourself back a bit sometimes. But there there are some people that just want to go full beans with it, and that's fine, right? And so just what you were saying, like you know, some people uh, want to go want to want full on. Uh, you know, planned out solutions, and sometimes you just need to go full, full, uh, you know, just dive, dive in, and just you know, whatever happens, happens. Um, so, yeah, hopefully that answers your question on my feelings of it. Um, I, I just, feel, I just feel like the whole thing is incremental. While that's, you know, I'm not saying whether that's a good or bad thing. Um, I, I guess I consider it a, uh, 
a logical thing considering where Nas is at in his life. You know, he is a hip hop veteran. He's an elder in that sense. Um, and you know, he's he's got he's got businesses. He's got you know, he's got sponsorships and shit like that. He's, he's you know he's he's not going to be like you know let's <laughs> let's break de- let's break down the let's let's break government. <laughs> Big up socialism, you know. What I mean? He's not, he's not gonna, he's not gonna spit them kind of bars, uh, you know. What I mean, so uh, it is what it is, um, and uh, yeah. So if you consider it a negative or a positive, it's up to you. But uh, yeah, that's kind of how I see it. Um, if I hopefully answered your question. Yeah, I mean, I I could never see it as a negative. You know, I could never say to someone, like, I could never ever see a, an album like this or or the way that Nas is dealing with this as a negative thing. Like he's dealing with it. He's talking about it. He has a whole song about it. He, most of the album is about it. Like, you yep. know, 74.6% of the the cure is, is black empowerment. And yep. how could you ever, like, I could never, ever be mad at that ever. Like, it's it's needed. It's essential. It's necessary. And um, yeah, this is just Nas. Nas has always been like this. You know, this is always, he's always been about this. It doesn't feel inauthentic in any way. It feels just like Nas. And yeah, I, I was just curious, like, whether it would be, you know, yeah, yeah. But well, I'm, the reason I'm why, just, like, I'm thinking, just just to say, like, the reason why it's Pimper Butterfly works is because it was Kendrick at his most like radical. Like, it's it's it, that shit is all radical. Like, <laughs> and it was obviously in his mid uh. mid twenties doing the album. You know, so it's is a, a key point in his life, and that's why the album hits so hard because it's so intricate and it's so filled with detail. Like, and obviously, King's Disease is not that. And it doesn't have to be. Um, so, yeah, just a minor comparison. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, I'll talk to quickly about the topic breakdown. The one, one stat I really liked is that, um, look, Nas is a fucking poet, and that's what I want to st- like say about this particular section. He rarely deviates from the topics of money, women, storytelling, and, uh, you know, socially conscious content. But even though he never does that, he doesn't deviate from that much. The way he says it is wild. So over the course of 15 projects, he's wrapped 115,000 words. Mm. 15,421 of those words are unique, which means that he has wrapped 15,421 different words. On King's Disease, he still manages to wrap 496 words he'd never wrapped on an album before. <laughs> 496 words that he'd never put on an album before. It's elite pen. Out of 115. That's insanity, man. He's a poet. His flow is unbelievable. The way he bends words around corners and his turns of phrases. And I think that's the true beauty of Nas. Like, you know, outside, obviously, of the, the socially conscious content, it's just the way he delivers it. And, um,. You know, like he, the same thing on this on this album. Like women is his main topic, seventeen point six percent. Reminiscing about the past, twelve point nine percent. Racism and oppression, ten point seven percent. Money at eight point six percent. That's the the big four. Uh, did I say four there? One, two, three, four. Yeah. Um, you know, he speaks a little bit about aging, a little bit about enemies and violence. He brags a little, but not not a lot. Um, I mean, this is usually his his content, right? But like. Like what? Like you know, there's a difference between Pusha T and Nas in that sense. Like we, you know, we we never clown Pusha T for rapping about the same thing for twenty years. Yeah. Nas, firstly, did you feel that Nas raps about the same thing his whole career? And secondly, like, if you do, why is it that it doesn't matter? Like it just never matters, eh? Uh, yeah, yeah, it doesn't. 
Uh, it, it it really it really doesn't. It's because he, you know, like he said, he just he just keeps it. He just repackages it um, in 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 different ways, and you know, and say what you want about his production choices, but you know, it it, it helps to it helps to try and uh, not do the same uh, not do the same type of beats. And Ilmatic, and if you listen to Ilmatic and then King's Disease, like fuck. The style difference. <laughs> you know what I mean, it's 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 crazy. It's it's, it's tectonic plate level like, just uh, gap, yeah. right? It's it's crazy. So, um, yeah, I, I think I feel like that's a, obviously a key part of it, and it just helps. Even though he's probably had some misses on the production uh, side of it, like it, it helps to try and get new people in. You know, he could. This is the thing, right? And this is uh, this is an overall point about Nas, like. He could easily just get Pete Rock, Large Professor, to come yeah. through and just give him for ten me, beats. Like they, they easily could do that. They easily could do that, right? But he doesn't. Why? Because he's trying to repackage shit, and that's fine. This, and that's great, great because point, it's just yeah. it's just a, it's a great it's a great evolution yeah. um, uh, for 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 himself. And uh, you know, and and it really you know while we may bitch and moan about some oh this beat you didn't hear. No, 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 no. Oh, a, hey, <laughs> he's still here, and you know we're t- and we're doing a whole episode on him on 20, uh, 2020, like in the year twenty twenty. Like it's it's it is what it is, man. That's like it. he he tries to at least that's it for his credit, tries to keep it fresh, and uh, you know, and the fact that he kind of raps about the same four things, you know, it's <laughs> it, it kind of adds testament because it doesn't sound it doesn't sound uh, uh, stale. It it never does. It just it just it just sounds box fresh every time every time he drops it. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. Like everyone criticizes Nas for the production, but if you listen, like there's this criticism of Jay. I don't want to get into this too much, but this is this is I truly feel this criticism of Jay Cole that he just picks safe beats and he doesn't it doesn't give him the opportunity to explore his emceeing ability because I he's just on the same kind of beats all the time. Yeah. I I do I do think it's a problem because when Cole gets on a beat like you know the London or something like that he just goes off he goes off he goes off you listen to Nas you're gonna how can you the the just the range of production is just insane even on crappy beats beats we could say like go listen to Suicide Bounce off um Streets Disciple that beat mixed horribly is garbage Nas floats on it. Nas, Nas can rap on anything and sound poetic and sound incredible. I think that is an underrated part of his artistry. And Charlie hit on a great point. It's like he doesn't really get boring because of his beat selection. Like there's all these random beats he's rapping on. He could rap about the same thing, but he does it so poetically and he, does, he has such a unique flow that even on a bad beat, it's like, I don't know, it adds texture. It adds, it's pretty cool. So yeah, I think that's a really good point. Um... The final thing I want to talk about is the women on this album. Now Nas got Nas been strung up. Nas getting strung up by critics. If you go and read like just Google King's Disease review and, and read those reviews, every single review will mention the way he talks about women on this album. Um, now it's it's in relation to what Khalees and Carmen Bryan have both said about Nas. Now I'm gonna exp- I'm gonna say what they said. And then I'd like Charlie to talk on this first because I'm curious how he feels. Khalees said that Nas was physically and mentally abusive in their relationship, uh, often getting drunk and then physically attacking her and then not remembering what he'd done the next day. 
She even said that one day she had bruises all over her body and she couldn't walk properly. Carmen Bryan, who is a mother of Destiny, uh, said that Nas punched her once with a closed fist so hard that she saw stars. Now, Nas responded to Khalees in a seven-part Instagram post that said, in part, that Khalees' accusations were just another fight against men. That's a direct quote. This is a direct quote too. This is the type of antics that deceive people and people mistakenly call it strong. Everything with her is a plot and a scheme. It has no merit, no foundation. I didn't want to speak up because I have real respect for our women. That was, you know, the the, the main part of his response. Now, listening to this album and, no, and, and knowing Nas's career, like how do you feel he dealt with, firstly, these situations on this album? And secondly, like, does it change the way you listen to the album at all or, or feel about it? Well, yeah, well. Clearly, clearly, uh, it wasn't in the. <laughs> clearly, wasn't exactly the best response uh, to everything. Uh, um, yeah, especially just throwing Gail King's name out there for you know, kind of no reason. Obviously, there is a reason, but you know, it's not. It's not it, like it, it, really on your. Is she is she really on your mind that much? And that's kind of the thing when it comes to um, you know, and I obviously can say this um, uh, implicitly, but um. Uh, there's there's something about uh you know me and black men sometimes uh not me personally but just as a black person um the uh, like we, we have this we have this thing where it's like oh we love our black women love our black women love them love them love them, love them. all the love all love them, love them. queens 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 right and then it's just like times where it's just it's just the complete opposite and it's so bipolar it's just so weird to me. Um, you know, obviously, like you, like you said, he came through with a fucking multiple, uh, IG post, uh, which is, which even in, was it, was it slides or was it individual posts? Cause I, I'm wondering, like, that might be completely unnecessary if you just no, was, dedicating full squares to that, to that stuff. Yeah. But anyway, it, it must have been individual, it must have been slides. So he must, yeah, I didn't okay. see the thing cause it's been deleted. Yeah, yeah. So it must have uh, been uh, like that's, these that's were just like, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Obviously, that's that's semantics, poem. I was just, you know, just a random thought. But um, yeah, it's yeah, it's, it's kind of like a um, a tale of as old as old as time. To be honest, um, obviously, um, having women under, you know, the patriarchy. Not to get too uh, philosophical about it. But um, it is what it is. But I, I just feel like there's some people like Nas and, you know, uh, and, and just... It reminds me of that uh, talk that uh, I think, like, Talib was on it. And this was before Talib went on, uh, you know, Homegirl. Uh, and, like, uh, I think... Who was it? Like, a couple of other people were on. I think Diddy, maybe. No, no, Diddy. It was on Revolt, I think. But, yeah, it was like a, it was like a four-man talk... And there was no black woman on there, and it was just like, and they were talking about stuff where a black woman's voice could have re- really been on there, on that kind of thing. And it kind of just adds to the conversation about all this, and you know, and obviously it swells around Nas because of Carmen and Khalees, but uh, it, it it does it le- it leaves the bad taste in your mouth in the same way that it does with Miles Davis, in the same way it does with James Brown. It leaves a bad taste in your mouth with all of these artists that, you know, the same with, the same with, uh, even, obviously this is kind of a, a little bit lesser considering Jay-Z doesn't, well, 
hopefully doesn't bow women. But um, you know, in your talk, in your um, <laughs> uh, uh, what's the word? Uh, thinning, uh, as it pertains to your uh, uh, standing of Jay Z these days. My stannery. Um, yeah. 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 Your sta- your stannerisms. Your your your, uh, your passport in a Jay Z stand uh, has uh, is is uh, might might be burned in the next few years, um, or might not be renewed. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, we all have we all have those qualms, but and, you know this can be the artist art versus artist conversation. We can easily get into that, but I'd rather not, uh, just for the sake of time. But uh, yeah, if you're going to do it, um, I'd say just like I don't don't sit on the fence. And I feel like Nas sits on the fence with this, especially on on wax. Um, obviously, on the IG post, he obviously defends himself and uh, and then some. Um, but I feel like on wax, it's just like if you, if you, if you're gonna do it, you can't be you can't do that and then go on the next track. Love my queens, 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 queens. You know what yeah, I mean? It's just yeah, yeah, having ultra yeah. black, having ultra black and till the war is won on the same album does jar me. And I like until the war is won, but there is just some. Excuse me. There are just some um, uh, uh, bars on here and on the whole project. It's just, it's just it, it just makes you go. Do we have to do this? Like, do do we have to? Um, but you know, devil's advocate. If he never mentions it, then people will get on him regardless. So maybe you can't win. But um, you know, that's obviously a bit hypothetical. But um, yeah, man, it just it it leaves a bad taste in my mouth. Of course, it does. It has to. Like, if you if, if you're just a person, actually, you know, I'd like to say, I respect women and black women in general. Um, you know, I like to put them on the pedestal that I feel like they deserve. You know, that's me. Um, <laughs> but it just again, it leaves a bad taste in my mouth. It has to. Uh, you can't. You can't. It's it's not. It's not. If of any artists of all the artists in the world, where you feel like it's necessary to listen to every bar, <laughs> Nas is there. Nas is in that mm. list <laughs> where you listen, and you're supposed to listen to all of the bars. Mm. So it, it's not it's not throwaway. It's not throwaway. He's not Playboy ah. Carti. He's none of those. Right? It, it, these bars ain't throwaway. That's not Nas. Damn. So I have to, you have to, and we obviously have to talk about it, and that's why we have done in this, uh, you know, five minutes of me <gasps> nattering on. But uh, yeah, man, no, nah. you nailed it. Ha- it has to leave a bad taste in your mouth. Fuck, man, think about that. Let that let that sink in. Like, yes, this is Nas. You listen, to, you know. We've I've said it's like a book. You sit down. You don't skip lines in a book. You don't skip bars. Like that's yeah. so. That's intense, man, and that's true. There's and intent to it. I'm not going to speak exactly like, and 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 even if there isn't intent to it, on just one random bar, he knows that, and he even said in those interviews with the Breakfast Club, he's like, "I'm a rapper. I'm a rapper, rapper. I'm a rapidy rapper. I'm bars. You know, this is me. I, I rap bars." He knows that everyone's going to be listening exactly. to his bars, it's so bread, you can't have throwaway bars. And I'm not going to speak on the issues with Khalees and Carmen Bryan and, and that back and forth because I don't know. You know, I, I have no idea. Like, Nas has denied it. Khalees has made accusations. 
I how can we ever speculate on what actually we could speculate, but it would be merely speculation. We don't know yeah. if it. You know, I don't even want to talk about it. like I. Obviously, we never ever ever support violence against women ever and under any circumstances. That that just goes without saying. It should be we shouldn't even have to say it. But for some reason, this Tory and Meg situation makes me actually have to say it these days, which is just wild. But the issue I have is that you know. I don't think anything he says on the album is particularly problematic. Some of it's pretty cringe. Um, you know, when he says on Till the War is One, he's like, these coward men that, that were beating on you. And then he whispers, never me, never me into the mic. And I thought that was really weird. <laughs> I thought that whole song was a bit weird because like Lil Durk came through with a really great verse. It wasn't related to Nas's verse at all. Yeah. And then... The thing that always stood out to me was Jay-Z's, um, you know, is it is it Uchi Wally or is it One Mike? Is it Black Girl Lost or Shorty Owe You For Ice? Uh, he says that on Blueprint 2 on the, the title track. And on a song like All Bad, you know, he says, I didn't want to speak up because I have real respect for our women. And then a song like All Bad, this desire to protect women just seems forgotten. He raps... New to these bad ones, I was on fly chicks since junior high. Beautiful fly girls caught my eye. Taken down some of the girls Drake and Future took down. But I got no time for juveniles throwing tantrums, texting me that they hate my one-word answers. Like, I, I was having this conversation with a friend on the weekend about um, the way that hip-hop is perceived and, and, and rappers in interviews being asked about it and saying, well, that's just my experience. You know, that's what I experience. I, I want to dead that argument right here on these particular bars because firstly, taking down is just, you can't say I took down girls. I took them down. Like you engage in a consensual act of sex. No one took anyone down. No one overpowered anyone. It's just like you had sex with them. And it's not semantics, not lyrical semantics because Nas is, as Charlie said, Nas knows this shit. Nas is, is a poet. Like it's not just, he's not just throwing bars away here. Then it's like, I got no time for juveniles throwing tantrums. What the fuck are you talking about, bro? Like, come on, man. Juveniles throwing tantrums? Like, what, because they're upset with you? And it's this lie that we've been fed that women are emotional but men aren't, as if anger isn't an emotion. It's like, you know, like you bump into a man in a bar and he'll punch you in the face, but he's like, oh, I'm not emotional. <laughs> come on, man. You're angry. Like, that's an emotion. Yeah. Like, you can't criticize women for being emotional and then say that you're never emotional, but you've never also been in a fight, or you've never punched a wall, or you've never thrown something in anger, or you've never yelled. Like, it's just, that doesn't make sense. And so, it's like, you can't say you have respect for women if you're going to spit disrespectful bars. And, you know, you can throw them away on other, on, on other albums and... That's always been my problem with Nas. He just he sprinkles these bars in, and and I, I just am like, well, what you know, what was the point of that? Like, why did you do that? Like, I, I just don't, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I struggle with that. I genuinely struggle. And and look, I don't want to seem like I'm shitting on Nas, but this is something that doesn't sit well with me. This these these conversations around hip hop, and these people that I'm meeting now, and I meet quite a lot of new people, uh, women who just say to me like, how do you how do you work in hip-hop with all this going on and i find it hard man i find it honestly hard to reconcile like 
I don't think I I'm, I'm I don't think it, the album is bad in that sense at all. Like there was a Rolling Stone article that went around where it was like this is the most woman hating album of the year. It's like <laughs> he got dragged that guy who wrote that article. It's like no, it's not. It's really not. Do some research. Just sort yourself out. Like I just think there's some problematic bars on this album and can he improve? Absolutely. Like I really do think he can. Uh, should he stop objectifying women in just random bars? Yes, you know. But is it as bad as, in that sense, 90% of mainstream hip-hop right now? Absolutely not, in no way, shape, or form. And you don't want me to unleash that little Uzi Vert eternal take fucking analysis <laughs> I did, man. Like, I told Charlie about that off wax. I'm never going to release it, but that shit is nasty. That is nasty. Go and listen. Go and read those lyrics, man. So... Yeah, I don't know. I, I did ramble a lot there because I, I, f- I don't know what the answer is. I don't know. But I want to protect our women. And I want to protect our women. And I know that women don't feel safe a lot of the time when they're listening to this kind of music or they know that someone really engages with bars like that. Like I took down women and she was throwing a tantrum and, you know, it's gaslighting. And, and I don't fuck with that. And I, I want to protect women. And I don't want that to... um make it seem like i hate this album at all and we probably shouldn't have done this right at the end because that's <laughs> going to be the that's going to be the yeah, message a, people a, leave a, with a, um yeah a... <laughs> it, was a, it was a scheduling fuck up there by me i didn't i didn't schedule it very well um fuck not me. the best stacking of a it's a deeper conversation We're we're not just talking about nas right now but we we're using nas as a jumping point yeah. to have a deeper conversation but yeah, I mean, I I love this album. Um, I I play. I don't place it super high in Nas's discography, but you guys know I fucking love Nas. I love Untitled. I love everything Nas has put out. Even Nastradamus. I show you a picture right now. If this was on Instagram Live, of me, I've got Nastradamus on vinyl. For fuck's sake, man! I listen to everything Nas. I think he's a poet. I I just don't think he can drop bad music. Um, even Nasir, like Nas is great on Nasir. It's just the beats don't really match up. And, you know, King's Disease, I would probably say 7.5 out of 10. You know, thinking about the concept, maybe an 8 out of 10. Nas is rapping on this. is top tier, man. Like, this, this, this is a guy of 27 summers. He's the he's the third rapper ever to go top five in four separate decades on the Billboard 200. Bro, legend. Legend. Yeah. Um, I'll probably put it... One, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah, it's about seventh on the list. I'll put it seventh. Okay. Yeah. That's decent. That's mid. That's mid. Yeah. And that, and even saying that, like, even, even saying that, saying seven out of, you know, I think nine, uh, is it nine albums? Uh, well, 13 studio albums. But anyway, yeah, it's, you know, that's, that's pretty good for a ninth, <laughs> for a ninth ranked album in discography. It's not freaking bad. It's, it's not freaking bad. So, uh, you know, shout out to Nas forever. Uh, you know, always, always top 10 uh, guaranteed. Um, but yeah, we shall leave it at that. Is what it is. And uh, hop into a lighter note, uh, which I I actually did have something in mind. and just like some random shit I wanted to talk about, but I like, totally forgot because I'm stupid and I don't write stuff down. Uh, so, yeah, man. Salute to Ben's health, man. We just, need a lot. Just, your, just you and your health, we man. We need a lot. Like, you know, see, that's a kind of a, oh, thank you, a kind man. of a kick to the neds. So like, if someone fucking sneezes on you, you fucking go in a coma. Like, it's not, 
It's not, not the best news in the world. It's not but, ideal. But, <laughs> it's not ideal, bro. It's, it's, it's not really the news you want optimal. at the age of 31, just wandering around. As I said to my GP, I'm like, so what should I be careful of? And he's he's a bad GP. Like, he's good medically, but he's got terrible bedside manner. He's like, no, no, you, sh- you should be fine. He's like, if you get a sore throat, though, uh, make sure you call me within 18 hours. And I was like, why? He's like, well, it can turn into tonsillitis. And he said, if you get a, any kind of cough, make sure you call me or if I'm not there, go to the emergency room. And I was like, why? And he's like, well, it can turn into pneumonia. <laughs> and I was like, what? How oh, risky is gosh. it? How likely is this? He's like, well, your count is really low. And I go, well, what the fuck, man? I didn't do anything. I've just been taking the medication you've been pre- prescribing me. Like, why did you prescribe me this medication? And the funny thing is, this medication has actually tried to kill me twice before. So I had uh, I had liver da- severe liver, da- liver damage in 2014. I had to come off it. And then my psychiatrist was like, no, 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 we'll try it again. It works really well for you. We'll just reduce the dose. And then I had elongated QT, which is when the rhythm of your heart is off. Of course. And I was in hospital again. And they're like, if you go home, like I, w- I hate hospitals, man. And they're like, if you go, we want to monitor you for 24 hours. If you go home, we can't promise what's going to happen. I'm like, fuck this, man. I got to go home. Give me a halter monitor or something. Like, so I went home. But that's it, man. I'm done with Seracool. Seracool and I were good friends. We were decent friends. Not as good of friends as I am with Valium. Valium is my favorite thing in the world. Um, but you know, Seracool got me through some hard times, but it keeps trying to kill me. It's like, what are you doing, bro? Just relax. Stop attacking random organs in my body. It's like, now you're attacking my blood. What are you, what are you doing? Leave me alone. Just the which I thought we were cool, but we're not cool at all. So, you know, you got to laugh about this shit. It's kind of, it's kind of funny. I was, um, the biggest worry that I've had during COVID, cause you know, I live with my parents and they, they're quite elderly. They're not super old, but I was always worried, like, while I was out dating that I'd just get COVID and bring it back and one of them would get it and, and, you know, have serious complications. But the irony of it was the whole time, if I got COVID, then <laughs> I would have been the one that would have um, been in serious trouble. So it's been an interesting little journey. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Um, we can't end on this. I know. We can't I remember, end on this I remember shit. my light note. I remember my light note. I remember. Yeah, good. So Thank God for that. Please, <laughs> Charlie. Oh, gosh. No, shout out to Comixology who have put uh, uh, every Black Panther comic uh, on there uh, for free. So if you guys want to get into that Black Panther um, and dip your toes in the comic life, uh, which I have today, um, it took fucking ages to get uh, to the press. Uh, Free, 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 add to cart, add to cart, add to cart. But I got them all and I'm gassed to get into them when I, uh, I don't know when I get into them. But yeah, man, it's a a good gesture. And, uh, you know, if I if I ever rate them highly, um, I might I might I might just buy, uh, uh, uh do do what I, do what um, people like to do with um, well what people should do with music these days. And uh, if you like it on streaming, go get yourself a hard copy. Go get yourself a CD or a vinyl. Mm. Go do that. And I'm gonna do the same uh, when it comes to these uh, comics I have on my phone. Uh, so yeah, I just wanted to shout shout Comicsology on that. Um, even though they're an Amazon company, <clears throat> but um. Yeah, man. Shout, shout out to them and uh, shout out to Black Panther as always. Uh, but yeah, ladies and gentlemen, this has been a shout long one. Oh, I just want to, I just want to quickly shout out. Sorry to go cut for it, you go off. For it. I just want to quickly shout out IDK. IDK, yep. um, great guy, great guy has been supporting me, and yeah, I just want to shout you out, IDK. Thank you so much. I want to shout out everyone. I want to shout out Wale. 
because uh, Wale's always been really nice to me and he, you know, supported me a little bit today as well. Shout out, shout out the good people in the industry, man. Shout out the fucking nice people. I've had an experience during the week of just dealing with fucking douchebags in the industry. Like, you know, shut the fuck up. <laughs> like, you listen to these people and it's like, oh, I'm the greatest. And I'm like, no, you're not really that great at all. But just, you know, there are, I just want to say there are people out there who are really nice and uh, shout out to you. It's just on a positive note. I'm not going to name names, but Wale and IDK are two of them. And uh, thank you very much. I appreciate it. And on that lovely note, we shall leave it there from the Fifth Podcast Network. I've been Charlie Taylor. Uh, I, I nearly went for the was good ending. Fucking hell. <laughs> oh, fuck. Wait. Okay. <laughs> Oh, the Fifth Podcast Do Network. It, Fuck it, plug it, plug that shit, <laughs> plug that shit. We're starting to get some traction on this one. We got, we got funnel that traction. That's what they do, right? You funnel the traction. <laughs> on the Fifth Element Podcast Network, this has been digging in the digits. I have been Charlie Taylor of the Fifth Element. I have been Ben Carter of. But the yeah, go listen to Wasket. Uh, <laughs> have a good week, and also insert a source next week. Very important episode uh, in the, for the insert oh. source. Peep Very that. important. Peep that I shit. urge That's... you guys to uh, keep on, keep know on that one. It's dropping on Friday, uh, which is a couple of days after this oh, drops. Yeah. So uh, yeah, just keep know on that. And uh, with that said, uh, it's all go- it's all it's all going good for the five VPN over here. Uh, Wait, what day does it drop? What day does it drop? Friday. Okay. So there. I'll cut that shit out. Hope you all have a good week. <laughs> you should always try and do the same. He's laughing because I cut shit out. He's, he's being a dick. And until Just the next the time, music take it easy, it ladies and Just gentlemen. Put the, put the elevator music over it again, man. <laughs> <laughs> alright, alright, alright. Let's go. Peace. <laughs> <laughs>